You are listening to the Intangibles podcast. Welcome to the first episode of the Intangibles podcast, everyone. This is a podcast dedicated to helping finance individuals, well, new finance individuals make their way through their career. Uh, Our first episode today is going to be interviews. Now, you might be wondering why are a bunch of guys starting off their first episode on interviews? Well, we get a lot of feedback and questions about how to succeed in the interview process. Um, More importantly, we've all been through a lot of interviews and we've conducted a lot of interviews because of where we are in our careers. So I'm going to hand it off to my friends here. So I'll start with myself, actually. Justin, uh, I used to work at a big four audit firm as a manager. I've moved up now in the world. <laughs> and I'm a senior manager at a large engineering company. Uh, I, I do have a team underneath me. So um, I'm going to hand it off to Nick next. Hey, guys. My name is Nick. I'm a property accounting manager in the senior living space. And I currently have six people reporting to me. Hey, everyone. My name's Mike. I'm currently a finance manager in the healthcare industry with a team of four that report to me. Hey everyone, I'm Stefan. I'm a financial controller at a rental company in Toronto. Uh, Currently manage around four people and company has about 450 employees overall. Hey guys, this is Ray. Um, I'm a director of accounting for a restaurant operations company. We currently have 64 different restaurants and I have a group of 22 people beneath me. So to start our uh, podcast today, we're going to talk about preparation as the first point. I have my friend Mike here and he's going to give us some points on how to prepare for your interview. Mike? So it's going to sound silly, but what I find really important is to actually study your own resume. You've written it. They're your experiences. You should know it when you're talking about it. They're certainly going to ask you about it in there. They're going to walk, walk it through front to back or back to front. You really should know it inside and out like you'd know your textbook. You should also know the role and responsibility that you're applying for and how some of your experiences may reflect against the actual responsibilities. That is a really key thing to have with you uh, as you're about to go into that. I just wanted to add... As Mike said, the first point was kind of silly to know your resume, but there have been individuals that I've actually interviewed, and you'd be surprised at how many of them actually don't know their resume. So when I ask them a question about their experience and what they did in a certain role, they tend to have to refer back to their resume in front of me on the spot. So definitely know your resume, and you shouldn't need to refer to it if you're asked a question about it. Don't be a resume reader. Exactly right. I actually have a a story where I wasn't prepared for my first interview. Um, I actually researched the company, and I thought I did pretty well, but it was actually XYZ Engineering, and I had researched XYZ Technology. So a little mistake like that actually cost me quite a bit because when I walked in for that interview, the first thing I noticed was when I looked at the name tag, and it said XYZ Technology, I literally shat. <laughs> Can I say that on this podcast? <laughs> I, uh, I literally shat myself and I said to myself, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know what? I had the composure. I sat back. I looked at myself and I said, you know what? I'm going to kill this interview. And I went in there and I, I actually did really, really well. And um, I was actually at the last interview and they had glass uh, panes in the interview room. So I could see all the other candidates and, and I was the last one. And I did so well 
that they actually brought in the VP to meet with me. And another thing that I did wrong, I didn't research the right role. So when the VP walked in, he asked me, what do you think about the contract analyst role that you're applying to? And then I looked at him, puzzled, and I said to myself, oh man, I don't know what role I'm applying for. And I said, well, I guess I'll be analyzing the, the company's business. I really shot myself in the foot. So that's a, a perfect example. <laughs> yes. So, so you shot yourself in the foot twice. <laughs> you got through the first one. The second one got you. That's what happens sometimes. So it's just something that everyone should watch out for out there. You, you really got to prepare and you really got to know not only your interview, but know the situation you're heading into. Yeah, Ray's absolutely right. I mean, if you know Ray, he shot himself in the foot many, many a time, and he still survives. But um, I absolutely. So to to Mike's point, know your resume. That's that's really really key. Understand what's going on, and before you enter into the room or for your interview, know what's what the company does, what you're applying for. So now that we've covered what you should do before you get to the uh, the interview. We're going to start talking about what you do the second you arrive on the premises. Uh, Nick, you want to lead us off with that? So a lot of people don't realize they're actually being assessed the second they enter the premises. Whether or not that means pulling into the parking lot, going up the elevators, or sitting in a waiting room waiting to get called into your interview. Even at my company, our receptionists do give feedback on the candidates that come through the door. Yeah, so Nick, those are really good points. Uh, just as an example, when I was interviewing for a big four firm, there were a bunch of candidates, including myself, sitting uh, and waiting for our interview. And there was actually somebody in the room that was assessing us, and they met with the interviewers afterwards and told them about how we conducted our, ourselves while waiting for an interview, uh, which just showed, goes to show that the second you enter the premise, even when you're waiting uh, for your interview, you're being assessed by somebody. So you really have to keep that in mind. And sorry, Stefan. So those representatives in that room, they didn't sell themselves as we're asking you questions. No, not at all. They, they were making sure we felt comfortable, uh, asked if we wanted a water. Um, so a lot of candidates had no idea they were being assessed at the time. And it's funny. So me and Stefan, actually, we work... Uh, at the same firm that's where we met so I, I remember that process and it's funny those people kind of portray themselves as like oh we're kind of here just like your friends kind of thing right they're they're yeah, roughly your I've, age yeah. um they're, they're just one level above what I think you would start at in the firm so these are people you really connect with and identify with right exactly and, and it's funny because because they're so personable um you really get comfortable around them and some people let loose too much so they feel so comfortable around those people. They feel the need to, you know, go on their phone and call their friends or do something you really shouldn't be doing before an interview uh, that looks poorly on yourself. And that goes back to the whole point. Once again, we, we, we keep hitting this over and over and over again. When you're on the premises, immediately you're already being interviewed, right? Someone, if you go on your phone and start talking to one of your friends about the crazy party you had on Saturday and how drunk you got... That's not going to reflect well if the CEO of the company is standing in an elevator with you while you have that conversation. So, guys, really, you're already being assessed, and I think that's the key point. 
Okay, so now that we've covered your already being assessed, we're going to move into um, going into the actual interview and the questions that you may get asked and, and interacting with the interviewer. So I'm going to hand it off to my friend Ray, who shot himself in the foot before. Hopefully he doesn't do it again. Plan not to do it this time, Justin. Um, so you know what? I've, I've done a lot of different um, events with a bunch of new grads and I, I've actually been a panelist in, in one of these events um, and the common thing that I, I get from a lot of these students and a lot of these uh, kids really that I talk to are that they really don't know when they get into that interview how do they try to differentiate themselves from everyone else and what I always tell people is you come in with your own story you come in with three things that you really want to get across no matter what that interview throws at you you always try to circle it back to the three things that you want to tell you want to treat it as though you're telling this interviewer your story and what makes you different from everyone else yeah no that's that's a great point I know I me and Mike were actually talking about uh, about this before and and the importance of really, and I know you talk about three things, uh, Ray, but for me, it's it's a lot of the experiences that I've had, you know, framing everything with here are the, the experiences which sell me, show I add value. Uh, Mike, do you, I know we talked about this. Do you have any points you want to add to that? Or? Yeah, and, and, and that's coming from your preparation uh, of your resume and of the role and, and having experiences to reflect back on those. And no matter what type of question it is, usually that experience that you that you're recalling will apply in some way and you just need to structure it to the type of question. Mike, didn't you, didn't you have some sort of technique that you were talking about of how you want to get your story across? Yeah, right. There's actually a, a bit of a new format that's being used called STAR. And what this represents is situation, task, action, and result. And, and what they're really trying to hit off with this type of response to a question is really outlining uh, the, the stage it was, the story that you're, you're set in, uh, what you've done, and then ultimately, and the most important thing is, what was the actual outcome? Uh, really what they want to get from you is, you know, wh what value did you add? And this is a way to frame your, your story or frame your response to the question in a way that hits off these key, key points for them. You, you know what I find too? When you use that sort of methodology, I feel like your stories you don't become a generic person anymore. You don't become a, a, a person with a generic answer because all of those points, if you hit them properly, you're really telling a story that differentiates you from everyone else. Completely, because they're going to have all sorts of behavioral questions that they want to ask each candidate. Uh, tell me about a time when ABC. And because you've done your preparation about your experiences, knowing the role, knowing your resume, and you're able to frame it in this star format, you should come across very clear and, and, and they'll understand your response. And Mike, I know like when we discuss, so both me and Michael find it best that we go online. We kind of look at prep questions, right? And when we're looking at those prep questions, we, we go through and frame them and say, okay, here's the experiences that we can draw upon to answer these types of, of prep questions. So I had a little, a little story actually. Um, so one of my friends was interviewing to be a cop and he had interviewed about six different times and each time he got declined and he got to the point where he was like, you know what? I don't know if I can do this. I can't take another decline. And I told him, I was like, you know what, man, what's your story? Like, 
he's like, I, I don't know. What do you mean? And I said, why don't you go in there and tell that interviewer, you got declined six times and you don't care if you have to decline, get declined another six times. You're going to do what it takes to get that job. And it was it was funny. It's something small like that. He went in and he actually laid his points down. He said why he wants to be a cop. And on that seventh time, he actually got in. Yeah, I think uh, it's, a, it's a really good point. And, and the only thing I'll add is I think there's a difference between uh, preparing to the point where you're memorizing answers and preparing just so that you really know yourself um, and and where you've been, the decisions you've made, the accomplish accomplishments that you've had. Uh, I take a bit more of that approach. I don't think of questions that they're going to ask me and then try to memorize responses to that. I just look back at my history to say, where, where did I start in my career? Um, what, are, what are the major accomplishments that I've had at each place that I've worked at? And why did I decide to leave? What was I looking for in a new job? Um, and and did I accomplish what I was looking for? And I think that's what really lays out my story and gets the point across or the point that I want to get across to the interviewer. No, no, it's a, it's a great point. So um, don't memorize answers to questions. I mean, if you do that and someone asks you a slightly, to Stefan's point, a slightly different question, you're going to get fumbled. Um, and I think the key point, when we say story, it's, a general set of experiences and values that you're going to bring and try to sell, right? When you're, when you're in that interview, you're selling yourself. You're not going to just give a bunch of specific tailored facts or answers to something that you've read online. Please don't do that. <laughs> Nick. Yeah, for sure. Um, and some of the curveballs that interviewers will throw at people, um, you know, they might ask you, tell me about a time where X, Y, Z happens. And, you know, you have your, you know, memorized response, that's fine. But then sometimes they'll say, do you have another example? Is there another situation where that something like that happened? You know what, Nick? Like, it's funny you, you say that. Like, I've done a couple of um, interview courses as an interviewer, and they always tell us, dig deeper, dig deeper. You always want to get a little bit more out of those candidates, and you want to try to dive through all of the fake responses that people might prepare or people might just come up with on the spot. So you really dig deeper and try to get at the meat of what that person is saying. So be prepared for that. Or that substance that's there, like really, that's where you can tell the difference between someone who's a strong candidate and really knows what they've done and someone just understands the fringe of the activity they've, they've been performing. So the key point we really wanna to get to you guys, get across to you guys, is know your story. Know what you want to sell when you come into that interview, okay? Okay, so now you're through the interview. You've uh, given all your wonderful responses to every question. You've smiled. You've, you've done everything perfectly. And the interviewer looks to you and smiles and says, well, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> so we're at the close, and our friend Stefan's going to close it out for us. Stefan? Uh, my favorite question... Um, do you have any questions for me? It, every single interview that I've had, that questions come up at the end. And it's gotten to the point where even though I don't like preparing for an interview, I actually think of a few questions that I want to ask the interviewer at the end because I, I know the question is going to come up. Um, what I try to do is you have to show a genuine interest in the job that you're applying for. For me personally, the best way of doing that is trying to imagine your first week there. 
what questions are going to come up? I'm an accountant. I know I'm going for a finance role. I want to know what accounting software do you use? What office am I going to be located at? You know, how many direct reports do I have? I really want to picture and envision what that first week or first couple of weeks are going to be like for me. And I think if you do that, you're really going to think of some genuine questions that the interview is going to think, you know, this person's actually interest, interested in the job um, and they're imagining what it's going to be like working here. And to that part as well, it actually gives the interviewer a way to imagine you working at the company because when they're given the response, they're going to say, hey, you know, that's a great question. Let me try to think about this person working here and, and give them an honest response uh, to their question. So just trying to envision yourself working at the company and ask questions uh, to fill in the blanks um, where, where you don't know what it's going to be like on, on during that first week. Absolutely. Mike, you want to? So, so along that same line, Stefan, the question I like to ask related to that is, is simply like, like this. In order for a candidate to be successful in the role, what are your expectations in the short and long term? That way you can hear from them exactly what they're, they're wanting to see from you. And then you can know too, is this something I want to do? Is this expectation reasonable of me? Or is this totally outside of my capabilities? And, and maybe I don't want this job after all. Yeah, totally, Mike. Um, personally, I'm all about company culture. I want to know where I'm working. Who, do, who am I working with? Do these people fit with me? And if I can ask that employer, how do they like the company? How do they find the culture? And that gives me some insight into where I'm going to be working. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what we're all coming to is this is a, it's a two-way street, right? When you go into that interview, granted, the, the, the majority of the information is, is going from you to the interviewer. But if you think about it, this is also a golden opportunity for you to learn more about the place that you may want to be employed and, and whether it's a good fit. And I go back to both Stefan, Ray and Nick's, sorry, Stefan, Ray and Mike's point. Um, this is a situation where you can frame yourself to see what does this company bring to the table? So guys, th those are all great points covering what you should do when that last question comes along. Do you have any questions? Is there anything past that point that you guys think is relevant or important for the interview process? You know, personally, as an interviewer, um, I know I know me and Nick kind of agree on this. Um, I like to receive <laughs> that post-interview email from that candidate. Nick, what do you think? Nick is slowly shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, so Ray's trying to be funny. <laughs> it never works <laughs> so generally I'm, I'm not a huge fan of getting an email after i've interviewed somebody um you know if, if i'm getting a dozen emails or over the course of a few days saying something generic and cookie cutter again i'll give it a quick skim and i'll delete it uh, in my mind it doesn't doesn't make or break anything and it's um it's, it, it's kind of unnecessary. And, and yeah, that's, that's a good point. As Justin just said, it, it can be a risk. If you say something in there that, you know, is completely out to lunch, you know, it might not look good. But again, I, I don't think it's a make or break. And really, it's just, you know, when I get the emails, I just quickly look at them and I delete them. Yeah, I, I agree to the point you could mess it up. Uh, I've always sent an email after my interviews and it's worked really well in the past. So I continue to do it. Uh, to, to that point of trying not to mess it up at that point, I keep it very simple. I don't talk about 
you know, thanks for the opportunity or look forward to working for the company. I leave all that out. All I want to do is say, hey, thanks for taking the time to meet with me. I really appreciate it. And leave it at that. That's yeah. really tough to mess up. Yeah, I, I feel like Stefan and Ray are ganging up on Nick. So I'm going to split the difference. I also, I also don't send the email. But what I am going to say is that in situations where an interview process goes long, and what I mean by that is I don't hear back from anyone and I was really interested in that position. Out of necessity, I do send that email. Like, you know, guys, I'm still interested. But that is by no means to say after every interview, I think I've used that maybe a handful of times at best, right? Um, so I think there's... Oh, Mike, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say to get to that point, one of the maybe the questions you should ask at the end is what are the expectations on timeline? Because maybe they've got 50 interviews or, or something like that. And you might not hear for a few weeks, but as long as they say, look, you might not hear back for two weeks, but don't worry, this is our process. You now have that information as opposed to you leave, you say, thank you. And then it's, it's blank and you don't know. And you're, you're left. Oh, should I reach out? Do I, do I seem urgent and needy? No. Like I've asked that question. So, I know. So, yeah. So what we're getting out of Mike as well is that he does not do this. Never, <laughs> never. I don't like it. All right. Three against two. So, <laughs> all right. So I think that closes out, um, what you need to do at the end of your interview. Um, so yeah, that's, that's learn relevant info about your company that you're applying to. Okay. Okay, guys, so I think we'll just wrap it up with the, the four key points. I'm hoping you're still listening. I'm hoping that you'll remember this, but if you didn't, uh, know your resume. My friend Mike outlined that. Number two, you're already being assessed. Nick walked us through all of that in detail. Um, Ray, what's your story? You know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Um, and the last one, Stefan, that ending process is still relevant make sure you ask some good questions use it as an opportunity to learn about the company and whether you'd be a good fit for it and maybe maybe not send an email all right thanks for tuning in guys bye